Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. We're going to move on now with uh, another topic and just look at an example or two of not-so-hidden agendas in uh, global current affairs, uh, which are very much a sign of our time. As we move forward into this consciousness shift, we are becoming more able to see uh, complex patterns. Our perception is expanding. It's revealing things that we couldn't see before, in other words, and things that we couldn't understand before. Um, and it's becoming more and more easier to see the gap between the old ways and the new ways uh, as, as we uh, try on this new value system. And of course, with the, the benefit of new technology, such as the internet and our social media applications, uh, people are getting a voice who otherwise would not be heard. And so we're, we're learning much more than we could have in the past about the uh, behind the scenes workings of various organizations. Mm and uh, bypassing traditional media, which also is increasingly controlled, of course, by large corporates and, and government with their own particular agendas. And so these, uh, hid- these agendas that have been hidden for, for uh, many, many years and uh, largely unseen are coming to the fore. And so I'm, I'm just going to work through uh, one example here, which is about uh, the energy industry and oil and gas, and particularly competition between the USA and Russia to see who can dominate the European market. And uh, it's... um, it's, it, it was, this idea was triggered by a news article that I saw over the weekend uh, with the headline, uh, Germany hits back at the US for placing sanctions on a critical European gas pipeline. And the story explains that uh, President Donald Trump has signed a bill barring firms from working on a pipeline that will deliver Russian gas to Europe. This pipeline is, is uh, called the Nord Stream 2 project, and it's running... Um, from Russia across the, the north of Europe. Uh, it's currently under construction on the Baltic Sea floor. It's going to span a distance of 1,200 kilometres and it will double Russian gas supplies currently available to Europe. And clearly the US doesn't want that to happen. And so uh, President Trump's in, in, imposed uh, legislation, or, or sorry, ratified legislation that will impose sanctions on firms uh, who work on that project. And in response, Germany's finance minister and vice-chancellor Olaf Scholz has told German uh, media that Berlin firmly rejected Washington's decision. Clearly, they want some of that Russian gas. Uh, and uh, it, uh, this just prompted me to remember um, what's been going on in the energy industry and in yeah. this competition between the US and Russia and how it's been impacting other current events for, for quite some years. Yet, the this story really is rarely reported by mainstream media. It's, it's almost never reported, actually. This is an exception. Uh, and I guess it's been made uh, mainstream by Trump, uh, you know, announcing these sanctions. Uh, and, of course, Washington's been seeking to sell more of its own uh, liquefied natural gas to European states. Mm. 
uh, and it, it's claimed that this pipeline will make Europe too reliant on Russian supplies, which is a bad thing from, from America's point of view because it, it costs them business, of course. Um, and uh, one of the, the reasons for this project is to help Russia bypass Ukraine. Yes, uh, the Ukraine, infamous Ukraine. Oh, the bad guys. They must be the bad guys, the Ukrainians. to Europe. They've got a comedian uh, as the president. It's got to be too... <laughs> Something wrong with that straight away. <laughs> Seriously, you can't have a comedian as a president. You know, Joe Rogan would make a good American president now that you mention that. <laughs> I, I, I just, let me just write that Ooh, down. If uh, in this article in the uh, which is in the Australian ABC News, abc.net.au, um, it's got a, a lovely map of mm. Europe and, and Russia here. And you, when you look at it, you can see that uh, there's this huge country that sits between Russia and Europe, and it's called Ukraine. And, and of course, uh, Russia doesn't have. Uh, good access to Ukraine anymore because uh, there's now a pro-US government in power in Ukraine uh, and uh, somehow that happened um, and of course many have claimed that the US was involved in the overthrow of the previous Ukraine government yes. uh, and, and you can kind of see how that might make sense for that to happen and I, you know, I'm not for a moment pretending that this is just all about energy and gas inevitably with these situations and international affairs it's complex and there are many many factors at play and often a, a, a number of compounding reasons why a country might do one thing or another thing, you know, not uh, usually not just because of one particular issue, but but this is an interesting issue. And the interesting thing about it is that this idea of gas supply and who's going to supply the gas to the European market runs through a number of current affairs, many of which uh, have been reported by the mainstream media without mentioning the the topic at all. Um, and. Uh, so another reason uh, that Ukraine is strategically important is because of its uh, sea and airports on the Black Sea, which is on the southern end of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And Russia has been using these for, for quite some years to station its military forces, uh, air forces and naval forces. And of course, uh, with the uh, them falling out of favour now in the Ukraine, uh, it means that they don't uh, would not have access to those uh, ports, except that Russia there did uh, annex um, that part of the Ukraine uh, so that they could keep using those ports. Uh, and uh, that part of the Ukraine I'm talking about is called Crimea. Uh, so the, the game goes on, isn't it? Interesting. Uh, and of course, we have to remember that Ukraine has oil and gas reserves of its own, in fact. And in fact, uh, I learnt from an American government website, which uh, is extolling the virtues of doing trade with Ukraine, that Ukraine ranks number two in Europe for gas reserves. Right. Uh, so, so, okay. so there you go. Isn't that interesting? Uh, the things that happen when you're not looking. And of course, you may have seen in the, the news recently that uh, the US president, or sorry, the former US vice president, uh, I can never remember how to pronounce his surname. How do the Americans pronounce it? Is it Biden or Biden? Biden. Biden, Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, he's been in the news in relation to Ukraine recently. Well, and of course, yes. he, he was the vice president when Obama was the president back in 2014, which is when the Ukraine, the pro-Russian Ukraine government was overthrown. Uh, and uh, very soon after that happened, Joe uh, Biden visited Ukraine and... Uh, around about the same time his son Hunter joined the board of directors of a Ukraine gas company um, which is all interesting as well and I'm, I'm sure quite unrelated um, 
And what happened this Get that year? Tongue out of your cheek. What happened this year to cause further trouble is that uh, the Ukraine government indicted the owner of this gas company, uh, of which uh, Hunter Biden is uh, on the board of directors. It's called Burisma, and uh, the Ukraine government alleged that they had been siphoning off a lot of money. In fact, sixteen point five million US dollars worth. Uh, which was claimed went to uh, Hunter Biden and his associates as part of an allegedly criminal scheme. And then uh, this year, uh, his father, of course, Joe, uh, has been accused of pressuring the Ukraine government to fire the investigating prosecutor on that case. Even supposedly paid, well, according to, I think, probably the same website that you're looking at right now that you sent me, there's a video. There was a video of Joe Biden admitting that he paid the Ukrainian president with one billion dollars to fire the lead prosecutor, as you're saying. Mm. But this uh, YouTube video, this is in September this year, September 20th, was uh, scrubbed from YouTube. Um, and again, hard to prove these things. And of course, you've got strange coincidence. Strange coincidences. Uh, I mentioned the other uh, just before we went on air today that I just uh, saw a. A movie the other day called Vice, which you might be familiar with, which is from last year. In fact, it nearly won quite a few Academy Awards, the numerous uh, eight nominations for the 91st Academy Awards, Best Picture and everything. And Vice is about uh, Dick Cheney, the vice president with of um, George W. Bush at that time. And really this movie, in, in a quite comedic, biographical, semi, uh, semi-documentary drama uh, manner, and starring Christian Bale, who's fantastic as uh, Dick Cheney, really shows the manipulations, the Machiavellian manipulations, particularly of Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld behind the scenes, to basically access exactly what you're talking about, the oil and gas of these countries, Afghanistan, Iraq, and the whole thing being a play for that, and, and to supersede the powers of the American president, even as the vice president's a whole story. So if you want a, a very interesting movie on that part of this story, the early you know, 20 years, nearly 20 years ago now, um, it's a good movie to check out, Vice, from... Um, 2018, directed by Adam McKay. Yeah, indeed. And to continue the drama, you might also uh, have seen in the media that President Trump has been accused of asking the Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. Mm, yes. And uh, and this, of course, uh, it was a, a trigger which led to his recent impeachment uh, in the US Parliament. And uh, goodness me. Well, what do you think about that? Because obviously, you know, you, we're talking here about the, as you said, the not so hidden agendas. Yeah. What do you What do you think is going on? Look, there uh, look. Um, it's very hard. Again, I, very hard to untangle. I, I want to talk briefly about that if we mm. have time before the end of the show. But mm. I might just continue okay. with the gas story because uh, I, I don't want to lose the thread here. Yeah. So. Uh, all this uh, seems to be very closely related, related to uh, capturing the European gas market, all of this, this drama that I've explained so far, uh, and yet that's not all. Um, all of uh, the, the problems and conflict in Syria that's been going on, yeah. uh, you know, and, and of course Australia has, has been involved in that as well, mm. um, seem to be at least partly about gas pipelines also. And uh, I found an article in the U.S. Armed Forces Journal, uh, which you know you wouldn't expect uh, any kind of pro-Russian bias articles to be published in that particular document. This article is written by uh, an American serviceman, Army Major Rob Taylor, who's an instructor, or at least was at the time of writing, uh, an instructor at the Command General Staff College at Fort Leavenworth, which is where they train their senior leaders. 
he wrote an article called Pipeline Politics in Syria. And uh, let me see, this was published uh, also in 2014 when a lot of this drama was going on. And I, I want to just read the first couple of paragraphs from this article because it's, it's quite enlightening. Much of the media coverage suggests that the conflict in Syria is a civil war in which the Shia Bashar al-Assad regime is defending itself and committing atrocities, in brackets, mm. against Sunni rebel factions who are also committing atrocities. The real explanation is simpler. It's about money. In 2009, Qatar proposed to run a natural gas pipeline through Syria and Turkey to Europe. Instead, Assad forged a pact with Iraq and Iran to run a pipeline eastward, allowing those Shia-dominated countries access to the European natural gas market while denying access to Sunni, Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Mm. The latter states, it appears, are now attempting to remove Assad so they can control Syria and run their own pipeline through Turkey. Uh, and, of course, Russia had plans to run a pipeline through Turkey. So uh, there you have it from a, from a uh, probably uh, a reliable uh, source, I would say, Army Major Rob Taylor, who, uh, and working at the Commander General Staff College, means that they're constantly looking at strategic issues and studying strategic issues as, as strategic issues as part of their you know uh, training of senior leaders mm. at places like that we have our own command and general staff college here in australia uh, for the military and um it doesn't end there i've got one more piece before we mm. move on to look at the impeachment and that is a wikileaks leak which uh, concerns an email from uh, hillary clinton and um, this email says, and I want to quote what Hillary Clinton It's lovely that Hillary here. still talks to you like this. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, quote, the best way to help Israel deal with Iran's growing nuclear capability is to help the people of Syria overthrow, overthrow the regime mm. of Bashar Assad. Uh, and so there we have um, a statement by uh, Hillary Clinton, I think, when she was, she was uh, Secretary of State. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, you know, these these uh, issues are never clear-cut. They're always, you know, compounding things that add up to the decision-making processes. But very, very clearly, the supply of gas uh, to Europe, either by Russia or the US or US allies, in this case, has been a, a key hidden agenda in, in many uh, very important strategic decisions which have, have, have involved uh, outright warfare in many cases mm -hmm. as well. And you've just got to say, when you listen to these machinations, which have been going on for a very long time, and you could go back probably to, uh, I'm sure, at least to Afghanistan and the Russian invasion of the 80s there, uh, on right through uh, the 90s and through 9-11, the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War, Afghanistan, Syria, now all these countries, you, you've, got to, you, you've got to go, well, you've got to follow the money. But also, what I was going to say is um, the whole uh, project against climate change, so to speak, uh, is, is faced with this incredible uh, um, and very complex machination behind the scenes about oil and gas and more, more fossil fuels. That's right. And yeah, that's yeah. really what's going on on the planet, despite the protestations of all of us um, relatively happy and safe first world people who like to protest things. The, the reality is a little more complex than that, unfortunately. It is. And in, in order to solve these complex problems, we need to actually know <laughs> the details, the, the truth. And, uh, and so 
thankfully it's getting harder and harder to hide these uh, hidden these uh, you know previously hidden agendas mm. um, but uh, once you get a kind of a hint of what's going on you can look and, and start to read into even mainstream media reports uh, what might be going on behind the scenes and, and in the case of the the Syria conflict you know Obama came out when he was president at the time and said very clearly that uh, any chemical weapons attack uh, by the Assad regime would be a trigger for US military involvement. And lo and behold, guess what happened? Uh, not long supposedly after that. a chemical S- weapons supposedly attack. Supposedly yeah. a chemical weapons mm-hmm. attack, um, mm-hmm. which, which some parties, including Russia, claimed to be a false flag, which mm-hmm. uh, was done just to, um, to justify US uh, military involvement there. And, and look, uh, the sad fact is that these things happen, but thankfully it's getting much, much easier to try and uh, to, to sort of detect these hidden agendas at play. Mm. We'll just take a quick break for a couple of announcements and we'll come back and possibly have a quick talk about the impeachment. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate and spiral up. On Future Sense, thanks to your contributions this morning on the text line. Much appreciated. Yeah. A couple of other little things to chat about before we finish up. Yeah, while we're on the not so hidden mm. agendas, uh, let's talk briefly about the impeachment process mm. that's underway in the US and uh, how ridiculous uh, the, the whole thing, the whole saga is, um, and the pretense that's going on that this is all about the Constitution and, and sticking by the Constitution, etc. And. Uh, when in fact it's 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 clearly just partisan politics uh, mm. abusing the you know the powers available to them to try and uh, gain advantage. It's a, it's about as crazy as the little blue dress, little blue dress, and Bill Clinton, isn't that that impeachment there? I mean, it, it, it really well, it's just comes crazy. down to about yeah, the same yeah. sort of it's just crazy. Noisville. Bill trying to get us to believe his lie about you know <laughs> what he didn't do. I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> Indeed, mm. uh, and. I, you know, one of the things uh, things about um, these hidden agendas kind of leaking out is often we'll get a media report, a mainstream media report, which will suddenly change. You know, the story will change uh, mm. without explanation, mm-hmm. and and that was certainly the case when the uh, the famous um, Democratic Party email leak happened uh, around the time of the last election. Yes, uh, and of course those emails went to WikiLeaks, and I think I quoted from one yes. of them uh, just previously. <laughs> Uh, so you can see how they, were, they would be quite unhappy about that information getting out. And initially that leak was reported as a physical leak in, in that somebody had a, a USB stick which was taken from uh, a DNC computer and passed to WikiLeaks. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and subsequent to that, uh, one of the DNC staffers was murdered uh, in, uh, I, think, I think it was in New York. Well, Washington, I can't, don't, can't don't remember, remember that. But uh, Seth Rich, anyway, is his name. Yes, oh, Seth Rich, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and uh, and that murder was uh, was supposedly a robbery, and yet he still had his wallet and uh, all of his belongings on him when his body was found in the street. Um, and, of course, there have been also all sorts of allegations about who might have carried out that murder. Um, but the, uh, the story from there... Uh, became quite ridiculous and, and swapped and changed many times uh, in terms of the, the facts about how the leak happened and who the leak was made by and whether it was the Russians hacking into DNC computers and those sorts of things. And it, and it led eventually to the whole Russiagate farce where uh, it seems that uh, the the agencies, the US uh, security and, and law enforcement agencies worked together 
to try and prove some kind of Russian influence and collusion between uh, the uh, Republicans and Trump and, and the Russian government. But that came to absolutely nothing, which, which uh, kind of points to the fact that it was just a strategy to try and gain political advantage. And soon after that was kind of wrapped up as, as being a farce. Uh, we had the, uh, the impeachment thing crop up uh, over the Ukraine saga. And, uh, and what was really interesting to me was that the most important thing uh, that happened was Trump made this phone call, not that there was any crime committed. It was a perfect phone call. Perfect. It was perfect, he kept saying. His perfect phone call. I know what a perfect phone call is, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Funny choice of words uh, for me. And the, the, the fact that uh, this alleged crime involving $16.5 million in the Ukraine with connections to uh, former vice president and, and uh, his family member actually happened seems to have just been completely overlooked as, as not relevant. But uh, the um, what's important is the one party getting power over the other party somehow and trying to get Trump out of out of power. Mm. And so it, it seems to me to be an extreme misuse of, of power for political means. And ironically, that's exactly what the... Uh, Democrats are claiming Trump has done. He's misused his political power, uh, you know, for, for yeah. partisan means. Yeah. A- and yet they are very, very obviously doing exactly the same thing. Um, and there, there's a, a stunning short video going around on Twitter at the moment of uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, answering questions to the media about their obstruction of um, the, re- the releasing of evidence in this mm. process of impeachment uh, where she... It was almost speechless, actually, in trying to answer a question, and, and becomes in, unintelligible for a while. C- clearly, you know, flummoxed by uh, the challenge of trying to answer that truthfully. Yeah. Well, I think probably part of the issue right there, when you speak that, is that probably very few of them, even Nancy Pelosi, any of them, actually probably know the truth. They probably don't know all the machinations behind the scenes. And if they do, well, they're the criminals, I guess. But I find it difficult to believe that anybody actually really knows what's going on, even at the top end of power now. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out uh, when it actually goes to a vote. And certainly, the you know, looking at the numbers at face value would suggest that it's not going to get done. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's all for sure. show. But I th- yeah. look, for me, part of the reason that, that this is happening uh, by the Democrats is because they simply don't have a candidate who can face Trump. They, they're in such disarray themselves. And it is also true that they're facing a, a very gerrymandered uh, voting political system, which is definitely weighted much more towards the Republicans. They've just been smarter at doing that over a longer period of time than Democrats. Uh, so I think they're facing uh, an almost insurmountable um, uh, thing in Trump in, in defeating him. They don't know who's going to go up there, so let's try and bring him down instead. Craziness, uh, hey. And this is also uh, absolutely related to the value shift that's going on and our loss of anchor points, the loss of, you know, Mm. the letting go of our old values and and drifting in this place where we're not quite sure what our values are and uh, where we're trying to make sense of what's going on. But without a set of values as reference points, as anchor points, it becomes very difficult to, to know what's right and what's wrong, what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. And this... Uh, period in the 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 values transition often gives rise to uh, weird experimentation, rapidly changing strategies, misuse of uh, systems, particularly old paradigm systems, rearranging data points. And we're especially seeing that in science where there's a a sudden uh, recalculation of the way that we interpret data 
uh, and, and shifting perspectives, trying to find a new uh, sense-making process. And we're, we're even seeing that uh, in Australia at the moment uh, during the, the recent heat wave that we had, which uh, was associated with the fires. The, I noticed that the Bureau of Meteorology announced that they had changed the way that they are calculating heat records in Australia. And instead of relying on the measurement of temperature at a particular place, uh, and that exact measurement, what they've started doing is averaging temperatures across multiple data collection points in Australia and then using that average temperature as yeah. the the way of measuring whether a record has been exceeded or not. And, and this kind of caught my attention because in the very recent news, uh, they announced that there was a new heat record set and it was like in the, the mid-40s or something. And I know that the, the heat record in Australia, as it stands, measured at a single place is from a town called Udnadatta, where oh, back yes. in 19... Uh, 60 or thereabouts uh, it uh, exceeded 50 degrees I think I remember that day. Celsius <laughs> seriously <laughs> I think you were there Nick yeah I was there well I wasn't um, in Unidata but I know where Unidata is anyway this, this is this is typical of this uh, in between space that we're in where we're trying to rearrange everything to, to, to make it more useful or to find some way of of making progress, uh, you know, where we've lost our anchor points, our lost our values, and not too sure what we believe or what we should believe. Uh, and of course, there, you know, this this has compounding impacts, which all contribute to creation, creating the evolutionary tension that's driving the change process. And um, just to finish up, I've got three very quick points. The first one is that hidden agendas and agendas generally are not always driven by dominant hierarchies. Although I, I've given some examples uh, of uh, exactly that, some are driven by grassroots value shifts, and as a result of this. Uh, space of not knowing in between two sets of values and some are a combination of causes where there's clearly no singular cause but there's there may be for example an exploitation of an existing trend uh, by a hierarchy and we see this all the time in marketing where they latch on to a general movement in society that okay people are starting to like this so let's wrap things up to look like that to try and sell them things and, and greenwashing is an example of that hmm. very good that's it for future sense for this week thanks for joining us uh, tune into the podcast futuresense.it uh, and you can tune in also to our uh, Twitter, li- Twitter line, which is at Future Sense Show, where a lot of the articles that we refer to are placed as well. And we will be with you next week. Have a great holiday season, whatever that is for you this Christmas coming up, and whatever religion or not or spirituality you subscribe to. Solstice people, you. Thank you for joining us. Bye bye. Best wishes from us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.